somebody excited to be in church this morning it's the last sunday in the month of march some people will do anything just to see today if doing something will make them see today so once again can we celebrate the lord jesus the last sunday in the first quarter now you celebrate the one that kept you Don't ever get familiar with the acts of God in your life. If God doesn't do it, you can't arrest Him. So for everything He does, we must learn to always express gratitude. Hallelujah. It's so good to see our faces this morning and you're welcome to Romance Academy. Every last Sunday of the month is dedicated to um, family life enhancement. We've tagged it the Romance Academy. And today, at Discourse is on the secrets of highly successful marriages. The secrets of highly successful marriages. And if you are single, um, there is no better time to hear what we're going to be talking about this morning. And also one of the things we're going to be doing is um, we're going to be creating time for Q&A. So maybe during the course of the discourse or if you have a question as regards relationship and marriage, you can write it down or when it's time to ask, you can ask your question and... Um, um, I'll do, um, I'll try my best to answer you. And the one I don't know, I will tell you I don't know. <laughs> you know, some people try to position themselves that they have all the answers. I don't have all the answers, right? But I believe that this morning the Holy Spirit will help us. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. Let's start from no, this morning. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. 29 and verse 29. The Bible says... The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. He said, but those things which are revealed, they belong to us and to our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. So you see here the Bible making us to understand that every secret comes from God. And that's why one of the way the Bible describes God in the book of Daniel, it describes him as the revealer of secrets. The revealer of secrets. You say, in the world in which we live in, there are secrets. There are secrets. But you say, the secrets of God, they are not kept from us, they are kept for us. They are kept for us. The Bible says that the reason why he reveals this secret is not so that we might just have a head knowledge of it. It says the reason why it is revealed to us is that so that we may do all the words of this law. All the words of this law. You see, what you know is okay to know things. But what you know doesn't benefit you. It is what you know and put to work that eventually works for you. There are so many people that know so many things. But you can't see the traces of the things they claim to know in their life. What you know that you have not practiced, you don't really know hear what i'm saying this morning what you claim to know that you have not put to work you don't really know because if you know it and you are convinced that what you know is the truth then you will come to the point of conviction right in putting it to work in proverbs 25 and verse 2 the bible says it is the glory of god to conceal a thing but the honor of kings is to search out a matter so what that simply is saying is that the secret things will not fall on our laps they will not just be revealed to us. We must take responsibility for discovering these things. 
You see, in any area of life where you want to experience success, you must assume personal responsibility for the discovery of the secrets that govern that aspect of your life. If you want to be financially successful, if you want to live a healthy life, if you want to run a successful business, if you want to have a successful career, there are secrets that undergird every different areas of our lives. That's why it's possible for a man or a woman, right, to be very successful in their career, right, but fail in marriage. Because you can be very, you know, um, know what it takes to succeed in your career, in your business, but know nothing about marriage. Now, we have an instrument here called the keyboard. Uh, uh, right, it's instrument, right? <laughs> so, when the right person plays it, if Rashago plays it, it gives us a beautiful sound. If I try to play it, I will create a joyful noise. <laughs> Cacophony. Why? Because even though it has the capacity to produce something beautiful, I have not learned how to play it. Now, the problem with many people is that they see marriage as a beautiful thing. So they just assume that because it's a beautiful thing, if I get involved in it, it will make my life beautiful. And it, is, it doesn't happen that way. You see, many people don't realize that they need to learn how to do marriage before they get involved in it. They just assume, you know, nobody assumes that they can be a medical doctor without going to medical school. Nobody assumes, right, that they can be a legal practitioner without going to law school. You know, one of my sister-in-law's baby just became... You know, past law school. She just finished law school. So I told her, I said, now I can slap anybody. <laughs> you know, but she didn't assume that what is it? I know how to talk. I can go to, even after going to university, you must still go to law school. The fact that you read law in school does not make you a lawyer. You must still go to law school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you say, when people are planning to get married, it doesn't occur to them that they need to go to marriage school. And you see, when you look around a society, you really see a place where people are trained for marriage. Because society itself does not even place priority on it. But one thing people don't understand is that God is interested in marriages and the devil is also interested in it. God is interested in the success of it. The devil is interested in the destruction of it and is committed to it. It's committed to its destruction. Because you know what? Everybody is a product of a marriage. Everybody, every thief you see, every Yahoo boy you see, every doctor you see is a product of a marriage. Everyone contributing to the society or taking away from it, they are the product of a marriage. And you see, the first point of contact that every human being should have with civilization, right, is from the family unit, from a marriage. And oftentimes, what people see, especially psychology has told us that between ages 0 to 7, a lot of things are programmed into you unconsciously for certain interventions. Those programming might determine the rest of your life. So oftentimes, many of us, the mindset we have about marriage was picked up from what we saw in our parents, right? Or people around us, people you admire between ages 0 and 7. The people around you, maybe your uncles, your aunts, and they're about. You see, and these are some of the things I want to talk about this morning. But please understand this. A successful marriage doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen by default. 
It doesn't just, it's not even going to happen because you just desire it. There is nobody that has a failed marriage that prayed that they will have a failed marriage. Everybody see, have you seen anybody dancing, you know, in the, at their reception? Dancing, sweating, and you say, are you going to have a failed marriage? If you ask them that kind of question, you know they can slap you. Ah, I'm dancing this way. You mean, do you think I will be dancing into failure? But we've seen so many people whose marriage broke. Some at the reception. There was a story, you know, um, <laughs> I had, I think it was, it was early last year, before the lockdown, about a marriage that ended at the reception. Not, my wife was a, no, a friend of ours was a witness there. <laughs> you know, this bride, they said food had finished. So, the mother-in-law took food from the bride's family side. So, the bride asked, and said, why will mommy do something like that? And slap the mother-in-law. <laughs> of course, the marriage ended there. For you to have the confidence to slap your mother-in-law, you must have been slapping your husband. <laughs> do you understand? Or you must have been slapping him with words. Nobody just gets to that level of confidence overnight. But if they ask someone like that, without marriage end at that reception, she will say no. Because you wouldn't have gone through the stress of cooking, choosing wedding dress, you know, doing all those things. But you see, when you look at the preparation people put into the wedding, and the lack of preparation they put into marriage, you already know what the end result will be. When you ask the average person, when are you going to get married? They have an idea. Ah, I'm going to get married. Some have even chosen a date. Some even before they met the person they would marry. You already have a date. On my birthday, by 2022, this time next year, I will be in my husband's house. The question, have you been doing anything towards the success of that dream you have? Oftentimes, the answer is no. The answer is no. So a successful marriage, firstly, you need to understand, it doesn't just happen by default. It happens by design. That is, it requires intentionality. It requires intentionality. And the reason why I'm saying all this is this. We all need to understand that Everybody here wants to succeed in life, isn't it? Everybody here wants to be successful in their career, in their business. Let me tell you, the quality of marriage you have will determine the pace at which you move in life. It's going to determine it. It either slows you down or it hastens your footsteps through the journey of life. You see, if you see someone who is consistently successful on the job, in the marketplace, go check it, there is peace at home. There is peace at home. You see, the amazing thing is that most guys, I want to talk to guys in the next few seconds. When most guys are thinking of who to get married to, oftentimes they are only thinking of beauty. They are not thinking of a woman that will give them peace. Let me tell you this, in marriage, peace is more important than beauty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Single guys, are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe married men understand me. Am I right? Where are the married men? <laughs> Peace in marriage is more important than beauty. Because if you don't have peace, over time you will no longer see that beauty. That's what the Bible says, that beauty fades over time. It's not that the beauty will leave, but in your eyes it will fade away. Haven't you seen sometimes when some women say they are abused, you know, and how can somebody be beating this beautiful woman? Because the man beating her is no longer seeing the beauty. That's why you are seeing the beauty. He is not seeing it. There is something moving him that has blinded him to that beauty. Am I making sense this morning? So we need to understand that a successful marriage requires intentionality. So most people never have a successful marriage and may never have it because number one, they don't plan for one. They don't plan for one. 
You need to plan for a successful marriage. The second reason why most people don't have a successful marriage is because they assume successful marriage. They just assume that, what is it? I'm handsome. I've got the swags. I'm beautiful as a man. I have the money. I have what it takes to take care of a woman. They just assume that because, you know, all the perks are there, the money's in the bank account, I have a good car, you know, I'll just have a good marriage. They just assume. Number three reason why most people don't have a successful marriage is because they don't know how to have a successful marriage. To have a successful wedding is different from having a successful marriage. They are two different things. Marriage is a lifestyle. Wedding is a day's event. Even if it is one week, even if it is a royal wedding, it will still end one day and the marriage will start. People also have a successful marriage because they want to do things their way or culture's way and still have a successful marriage. Always keep yourself reminded of the fact that God is the author of marriage. Marriage was not man's idea. It wasn't man that thought up that, you know, that it wasn't man that thought about it that, you know, it would be good for a man and a woman to marry, right? It wasn't man that thought about it. Before man ever came to the consciousness of his need for a spouse, it was God that thought about it, right? And the Bible says he created an help that was meat that is suitable for man, Adam. His idea. So what people try to do in this age and time, and if you look around you, it has become commonplace. They try to take out God and try to do things their way, their way, and expect to see how the successful marriage. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Number five reason to never have a successful marriage is because they don't prioritize their marriage. <laughs> their marriage always gets a leftover portion of their life, and oftentimes this addresses men. Marriage is not just their priority. Their priority was the wedding. That at least means I want to be a married man. And having, after they have gotten married, after the event, come back from honeymoon, spent all the money. Nothing. Uh-huh. Now let me continue with my life. The average man is wired that way, unconsciously. Even a born again man naturally will think that way. Because for a man, marriage is a goal. Men are goal oriented. The moment he gets married, unconsciously, he wants to move to the next thing. And that's why oftentimes women say, ah, no, he has changed. Yeah. Because when, before you got married, you were a goal. He was running after you, needed to get your attention. So he takes you on the date, does all those things. But after he has accomplished that, uh-huh, now, next thing, buy a landing lucky. So he's walking towards that. After he gets that, moves to the next thing. Right? So it's a goal for him. Right now, that doesn't mean it is right, but naturally, that is how men are wired. And if something is not done to alter that behavioral pattern, it's going to affect the marriage. It's going to affect the marriage. It's going to affect the marriage. So I've come to ask you this morning, what do you expect in marriage? Because what you expect is what you will experience. What are your expectations? You know, some people have expectations like, all men are promiscuous. You know, just pray that your own husband will not do it in your face. How many of us have had things like that? All men are the same. Oh. So, but the doesn't bring it home. Just live your life. Let him live his life. You live your life. That's a wrong expectation. That's a toxic expectation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people just believe, ah, as long as he's taking care of me and taking care of the children, ah, it's a blessing. Whatever he likes, he should just live his life the way he wants to live his life. 
those are wrong expectations. And the Bible says, surely there is an end. I think Proverbs 23 and verse 18. It says, surely there is an end. And your expectations will not be cut off. So if you are expecting that kind of a man, unconsciously you will attract that kind of a man. You will just attract that kind of a man. Your expectation goes a long way. Your expectation goes a long way. You see, it never occurred to me that I was not going to enjoy my marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It never occurred to me. Because what you expect is what you experience. And you say your expectation should drive you to doing certain things. Because for many people, it's just a wish. Ah! If me too can just, if I can just have this good marriage, a peaceful one. Everybody wishes for it, but not everybody experiences it. And the reason is because some of the, some of the things I've been sharing with us this morning. The number one secret of successful marriages is that everyone that has a successful marriage decided their marriage was going to be successful. That's where it starts from. The foundation is a decision. They decided that this marriage is going to work. You see, if you don't make up your mind <laughs> that you are going to have a successful marriage, you will not have it. You will not have it. And you see, a decision is not something that is unconscious. If you make a decision, you will know. Right? If you decide that I want to maybe after church, after service, I want to go to a particular place. You can't just arrive at a place you have not decided to go to. Except someone is demon and something is just carrying that. How did I get it? I don't even know. How did you get it? That one is already a demonic oppression. But for you to, for something to happen, you must decide. And you see, a decision is not just a wish. It's not just a desire. A decision, right, is a desire backed up with action. A decision is not just a desire, but it starts with a desire. Now, the Bible tells us about a guy in, the, in Luke chapter 15. Call him the son. Hmm. Jesus never called him a prodigal son. But theologians call him the prodigal son. Everybody knows him as a prodigal son, so let's just stick with that. The Bible says this guy one day decided to take everything that belonged to him to get his portion from his father. He left the house. So a day came, Luke chapter 15, I think from verse 11 to verse 19, thereabout. The Bible says that this guy, after he has spent everything, isn't it amazing? The Bible says when he spent everything, the famine arose. It's amazing. The devil is strategic. He waits for the right time to get people. So he spent all his money, the famine started. But this guy one day just realized, when I was in my father's house, I was living a better quality of life. So the Bible says that he said to himself, I will arise. Media, can you help us? I want us to see. Luke chapter 15. I want us to see what happened there. The Bible says he said to himself, the people in my father's house, they, are, they have better meals. He said, but I'm here, languishing in poverty. He said, I will arise. I will go to my father. I will do this. I will say to my father, I've sinned against you. Right? Go ahead. Um, I, let's start from verse 16. From verse 16. From verse 16. Okay, verse 17. Go to verse 17. <clears throat> the Bible says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants? So, one of the things you need to understand about a decision is, a decision has to be said. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A decision starts with spoken words or written words. It starts with what? Spoken words or written words. That is, especially for those of us that are single. A decision to have a successful marriage doesn't just start with a desire. The person you want to get married to, you must have that conversation. That we are going to make this thing work. Is it that it works or it works? Right? 
So the Bible says that this guy said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. Verse 18. The Bible says he said, I will arise and go to my father. And will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 19. And no more worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. Verse 20. And what? And he did what? And did what? And came to what? What did he say he was going to do? He said, I will arise. What did he do? Rose. So a decision is not a decision. Right? If it ends with a desire. It must be backed up with action. You must do what you desire to do. I hear what I'm saying. Where many people stop is at the level of desire. Ah! Me too. We have a successful man. My marriage will work. Ah! Me and my wife like this. Hey, we'll be wearing and cool. If that's your thing. <laughs> it's not my own thing. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you know, every time we wear, what do they call it? Communal uniform. <laughs> Is that the English? <laughs> right? Or couple's uniform. It's always the best. <laughs> my wife is like, don't you want, are you not proud of me? I said, it's not proud. It just feels weird to me. Anyway, I hope you're not like me. Please don't be like me. Where are you? <laughs> so the Bible says that this guy, he made up his mind. He said he was going to do something. And he did it. And he did it. You see, for you to decide you are going to have a successful marriage, there are things that you must do. And those things you must outline it with the person you are married to or you are planning to get married to. You see, marriage doesn't just happen by hey, we are married, we are living under the same house. You can be in the same house and be living miles apart. And be living miles apart. It's not about living under the same roof. So it starts with a decision. You look at someone like Jacob. You look at someone like Jabez. The Bible says there was a time in this guy's life that they decided that no, things should not continue this way. The Bible says that Jacob sent everybody away and he spent the night with an angel, wrestled with the angel and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. That was a decision. When you see a man or a woman that has made the decision, their behavioral pattern is always different. The way they conduct themselves is different. Right? So they decided their marriage will be successful. Or they decide. The first secret of successful marriages is that they decide their marriage will be successful. Their marriage will be successful. One of the things I decided before I got married was I'm going to be a successful husband of a successful wife. I wasn't just going to marry a woman that is a freeloader. That the only thing about her is that she's fine. And she's missus. You know, that's what most guys look for. That's a, a lady that has the statistics. Thank God for your statistics. God bless you and your statistics. I never wanted a freeloader. Why? Because I leave that for some other time. So decision determines destiny. So you need to ask yourself, what do you want? What do you want? What kind of marriage do you want? What kind of marriage do you want? Hmm. These are questions people don't ask themselves. What kind of marriage? Or sit down and ask yourself, what kind of marriage do I want? And you have to be clear about it. You see, these are some of the questions you ask people subtly. The moment you notice that you are getting attracted to someone. Those are part of the questions I asked my wife before we even started dating. You see, you know what many people do? They start asking the question when they are already dating. The person will lie to you. When you already see that, oh, this person most likely I'm going to get married to this person, you know, or I like this person, you begin to ask questions. Oh, what kind of marriage do you want to have, you know? In that place, you will discover what their desire is. Can we celebrate first day? I've not seen my wife in three days. <laughs> How was your trip? You look tired. Praise God. 
So they decide, they decide to make their marriage work. They decide. You see, one of the decisions you must make is you must decide that you will never quit on your marriage. You see, let me tell you this. There is no marriage that cannot work if the parties involved decide to make it work. There is no marriage that cannot work. Those are things like, you know, irreconcilable. You know, there are all matter of statements that have been coined in this age and time. Irreconcilable difference. But you did not see the irreconcilable difference when you got married. So the moment you notice that, ah, you know, you are beginning to feel emotional to this person, you are unconsciously expecting his call. That's the time to start asking questions. Hmm. Number two secret of successful marriages is that it is built on God's standards. It is built on God's standards. It is built on God's standards. For everything that will last and work well, a manual must be provided. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the hallmarks of a substandard product is that when you buy it, it does not have a manual. Have you noticed? It doesn't come with a manual. An original product will come with a manual or there will be a small paper. That will direct you to a website where you will see the manual. <laughs> so, do you think that God would have created the marriage and not given you a manual? The manual is the Bible. And all over the scriptures, you see different things God expects. The reason why He instituted marriage. <laughs> you see different things He talks about. I don't want to go into that this morning because that's a different topic entirely. But you see, you need to understand this. If your marriage is going to work, you must find out God's standard and build your marriage on God's standard. Don't build on culture or the media tilt. The media will say something today. It will say another thing tomorrow. You see, the media exists to sell. I hope you know that media houses are businesses. They are not interested in your advancement. They are interested in profit. So it's what they know. That will catch, you know, give them more eyeballs, attention. That's what they will project to you. They are not projecting things that will enhance your life and make it better. If it will destroy your life, as long as it will make them more profit, they will project it. But many people, that's where they take their standards from. From show hosts. From people that have large followership on Instagram. The fact that somebody has a lot of followers does not mean they have sense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Followership does not equate sense. There are very stupid people. I see a lot of them online who have a lot of followers. But people will say some things and you'll be wondering, is this person even alright? And some people will just be gulping everything, hook, line, and sinker. Say, that's true, that's true, that's true. What's true? Somebody hear what I'm saying? If something is in total, if it's in variance to God's word, you choose God's word and ignore whoever is saying it. That's why one of our own standards in this house is anything that is not in alignment with God's word, we don't preach it here. If you cannot validate something from the Bible, you know, there are even some prayer points. People pray nowadays, there is no Bible reference. But those prayers, they sound very strong. So you say, ah, this is strong prayer. But there is no biblical backing. <laughs> Praise God. Hmm. Okay. Don't build your marriage on trends. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't build it on don't build it on trends. What is trending? What is trending? So 
Everybody is doing something now. Married people are doing this. If you can't afford it, leave your size per time. Huh? So your clothes according to the material you have. Am I making sense? Hmm. So you know, what, you know, especially for those of, those of us planning to get married soon. All this idea of ah, what is trending now, what is trending now. Let me go and check online to see what people are wearing. If you cannot afford it, we live in a wasteful generation. Where people spend hundreds of thousands on Naira on clothes they will wear for hours. Hmm. The clothes we wore for our wedding. Because the neighbor lady was like, have you thrown it away? <laughs> I said, most likely. I don't know where it is because me, I cleared the house. I ate clutter. They said, ah, we can use it because, you know, she asked that, you know, one can use it for acting, you know. Well, I said, okay, acting in first year, you didn't use it to her. Second year, you didn't use it to her. Third year, you didn't. Is it that this clothes leave the house? But thankfully, it was a gift. When we were getting married, they said, ah, we must, we must. See, so, you see, guys, pay attention. Some ladies don't care about your wallet. The fact that the money is there does not mean it has to be spent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And ladies, let me tell you, marry a guy that is more financially prudent. A guy that is just always spending money. What do you want? Let's buy this one. Buy it. That's how we also see spending money in marriage. In relationship, is it attractive? In marriage, it is destructive. Because bills will pile up. House rent will not be paid. But we keep buying things. Because you guys are already used to buying things. Don't build your marriage on trends. You don't have to like it. Maybe some of us say, ah, pastor is spoiling my shoe. I'm here to spoil it so that you can have a successful marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You say, let me tell you, you don't have to spend your honeymoon outside the country. Some honeymoon, ah, the people going on, as they are going for the honeymoon, there is no peace of mind. They know they are coming back to death. Is it not better to go for honeymoon years later and have peace of mind and do whatever you want to do? You say, people are expecting us to post pictures. Why must you post? Why? Don't build on trends. Don't build on even feelings. Because your feelings will always change. Feelings always do what? You can be happy now and be angry the next moment. You can be excited about something and like, I want to buy this, I want to buy this thing. And you finish buying that one. Ah, so this is just it. How many of us have felt like that before? About the purchase. Now I feel like, huh? unfortunately, you are stuck with what you bought. <laughs> and one of the things I do, before I buy something, I do a lot of research. Especially if there is something in six figures, I would have been doing research for months. Check the pros, check the cons. <laughs> I don't just buy, I don't buy, you know, I don't have buyer's remorse. I don't know what buyer's remorse is. You buy it, you now feel remorseful. <laughs> You are now stuck with your purchase. It doesn't happen to me. I can't remember the last time it happened. Before I can put my money into something, I've been researching on it. Don't build on feelings. Feelings change. Don't build on trends. Don't build on media tools. Don't even build on culture and tradition. Don't build on culture and tradition. Don't build on culture and tradition. There are some cultures that believe that women are subservient to men. That women are inferior. <laughs> you know, I was listening to someone recently, you know, and he was speaking about the fact that he, he had to do something in the East with some priests. He 
Even some pastors believe that women are subservient to men. It's your culture. So he said, ah, a is as valued than a female child. So he said, because they invited him to come and speak to them. So he said, if he just tells them no, they will attack him. So <laughs> he, he, he used reverse psychology for them. So he said, he asked them a question. If you have a daughter and a son, and you want to spend your holiday, and lives in Banana Island, the daughter lives in Banana Island, uh, very successful. In fact, she said that you will not even come through road. They will use helicopter to come and pick you from the village, take you to the airport, you know, and be chauffeur driving from the airport to the house and back. And when you are going, she will give you five million naira just for expenses. And the son is living in the village. Where will you spend your holiday? Is that what the priest said ah, in Banana Island? That's what, which one is more important? The one in Banana Island or the one in the village? Is that the one in Banana When they said it, they now say, ah, but she's the daughter. <laughs> but there are some cultures like that. But the Bible tells us that there is no male or female in Christ. Don't build on culture. There are some men, when they are, their wife cannot talk. They say, keep quiet, keep quiet. I'm the head of this house. You are the head, she's the next. She determines the direction. And ladies, you need to pay attention to those things. A guy that you are dating that does not allow your opinions are never heard. He wants to say something. No, 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 no. Ah, German. As in, anything you just say, there is nothing you say sounds right. He is always right. Some guys have never said sorry. Praise the Lord. They are always right. They are only ghost junior. Hmm. It's culture. Because, you know, some men don't believe that they should be emotional. They should not, even if something is pain in their home, a man must not cry. Jesus must be very weak because the Bible told us Jesus wept. And it was public. Those things are simply traditions and culture. So don't build on tradition. Don't build on culture. Also don't build on the opinions of well-meaning family and friends. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They may be well-meaning, but if they are godless people, don't build on their opinions. He said, ah, I just said I should tell you, Neil. Hmm. This is your husband. You can see he's beginning to have more money. Hmm. You know, as men make more money, more ladies will be seeing them. Hmm. Don't just sit down or oh, do something to protect your man. And you need to say, ah, it sounds right. Is it true? It doesn't sound right. But you need to check the source of the counsel. Number three secret of successful marriages is that they prioritize friendships. They prioritize friendships. If there is anything to build the couples in this house for, please build friendship with your spouse. <laughs> it is ultimate foolishness to have a best friend outside of your spouse. I see a lot of people doing that and say, my best friend. You are married. You are saying you have a best friend. Who else should be your best friend but your husband or your wife? And let me tell you, if you are single, don't marry somebody that you are not friends. And don't marry, say, not that we will be friends. Uh-uh, you must already be friends. Am I making sense? And some ladies say, how will he ask me out but we are friends? Is he your enemy you want to marry before? Because there are some ladies that ah, why will he ask me how I was disappointed? You know, people just like things that are mysterious, that are far off. Hmm. When Abraham sent his servants to go look for a wife for Isaac, 
Because that was how they did it then. In today's time, you don't, they don't look for you. You must look for yourself. He said, look for someone from our tribe. Somebody that we know. Not a stranger. Not a stranger. You must, you see, the foundation, the third secret of every successful marriage is that that friendship is there. Some people just got married three, six months, less than one year. They're already like daddy and mommy. So I'm just looking at some people, what's wrong with these folks? You're not even married up to three years. It's three years. You're already like daddy and mommy. So what happens in 30 years' time? Grandma and grandpa. You have to be friends. And let me tell you, friendship doesn't just happen. It has to be built. Please, don't marry a guy because he just has money and you are not friends. Money can be lost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is no amount of money that cannot be lost. One mistake in business can wipe out a whole fortune. One sickness can wipe out multi-millions. So, don't mind that. He has money, he has money, he has money. No, it doesn't matter. I, 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 I don't, we don't have to be friends. At least I have girlfriends. Uh. You see, understand this. There is no permanent state of friendship. Haven't you noticed that there were some people that were your friends years ago. They are no longer your friends now. The same thing can happen in marriage. So the fact that you are married to someone doesn't mean you will forever be friends. You have to work at staying friends. And remaining friends requires intentionality. It requires intentionality. It requires intentionality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Proverbs 18 and verse 24. The Bible says, He that must have friends must show himself friendly. Must show himself friendly. Especially men. Huh? Work at being friends with your spouse. You know a woman talks before you decided to marry. And I say, no, I don't feel like talking. Can't you say I've gone out from morning to evening? No, 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 no. We'll talk about it later. That later must have a time frame. I hear what I'm saying. A woman that you're not listening to, someone else is talking to her. Ask Adam. Adam was not talking to Eve. That's why he was oblivious to the fact that Eve had been listening to the serpent. She had the serpent so much that the day she was convinced, believed more the words of the serpent than the words of her husband. He didn't know. Let me tell you, if my wife started listening to someone within two days, I will, I will just move. There is no way I will not know. Because there is even, there is one of the things I had to do, because I'm a workaholic. And my wife too is a workaholic. We are both workaholics. And that was what I wanted. Praise the Lord. Uh huh. If you are in the last life master class, we understand. <laughs> so, we both decided that every day we must have the time of communication. There is no day we don't sit down to talk. No day. So, before we sit, because I, I still work late into the night. So she she's a, she's a, she sleeps earlier. So before she sleeps, we just 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 about see, the problem with men is you only want to talk about things that are intellectually stimulating. A woman she doesn't have what she's saying doesn't have to be intelligent. Just listen, and you don't have to provide solutions. Say, no no no, you shouldn't have done it like that. Just listen. You see, a woman is not talking for solution. When a man talks, it's because he wants solution. When a woman talks, it's just to talk. Just listen. Most men can't deal with that. They are, so I will just be listening. Yes, that's what marriage is about. Just listen. If you don't listen, someone else is talking to her. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hmm. Okay. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> you guys are... <laughs> if you like, don't listen. <laughs> what will make you listen may not happen to you. 
So couples who have successful marriages work at being friends and they work at staying friends. There are five levels of friendship. I've spoken about it in different messages. So just go to the website. I'm sure one of it. I'm going to talk about it in one of those messages. Number one um, is stranger levels. Strange, stranger level. That's the first level of friendship. Everybody that is your friend today, they were once strangers. The second stage or second level is the level of acquaintance. The third is casual friendship. The fourth is close friendship. And the fifth is intimate friendship. Right? You should not be intimate with someone until you are married. But you should be very close. In fact, those are one of the things you use as a gauge and to check if you can get married to someone as a single. Are we close? You see, if you are in someone's presence and time does not just go like that, it means you guys are not friends. If you are in someone's presence and 10 minutes feels like 10 hours, you are not friends. 10 hours you feel like 10 minutes. And you see, you can be at the intimacy level and fall back to stranger level. That's why there is no permanent state of friendship in marriage and in life. Someone that you were very close years ago, they can all of a sudden years later become a stranger to you. Isn't it? Same thing happens in marriage. So the fact that you are friends today, you are very close to your spouse, doesn't mean years to come it will still be like that. Factors that destroy friendship in marriage, number one is negligence negligence. Whatever you neglect will die a natural death. Number two is familiarity. These are factors that destroy friendship in marriage. Negligence, familiarity. Hmm. Number three is comparison. Comparison. Comparison leads to the loss of value. When you compare one thing to the other, over time you begin to lose value for one of those things you are comparing. And most times when comparison happens, you despise what you have. And you value more what somebody else has. Let me tell you, there is no human being that has everything you are looking for. But the person must be perfect to you. But nobody is perfect. But to you, that person must be perfect. The other factor that destroys friendship is in marriage is children obsession. Let me tell you, your children, they are part of the family, but they are not part of your marriage. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? One... Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, in our culture, especially in Yoruba culture, I don't know about other cultures, but in my culture, huh? moms will look at their children, especially the son. They say, Okomi, that is my husband. And they start focusing on the son, on the, on the child. And before you know it, attention is drifting away from the husband. And so the husband in the bit for look to, uh, to look for attention now also begins to look for attention elsewhere. Let me tell you this. For those of us that have kids that are married yet, let your, the moment your children go to a particular age, let them know that daddy and mommy's time must not be interrupted. Because one day, if you put all your attention on those children, the same way you have left your parents, they will leave you one day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Friendship is also destroyed in marriage because of mismanaged emotions and conflicts mismanaged emotions and conflicts. There will always be conflicts, but don't allow the conflicts to linger. I've told you several times, it's up to you if you choose to believe it or not, it's your business. There has never been a conflict, right, that lasted for more than six hours in my home. And I'm trying to extend it so that at least it will sound believable to you. You can see me and Fosseli and I argue, do this now. In the next 30 minutes, you will not even know we just argued. 
You don't even know we just ah, if you see us again, be like, eh, but these people they are lying. Pastor always says that. If you see us one hour later, it's as if that conversation never happened. Because we know that you see, having a misunderstanding, it doesn't mean there is a problem with the person you're having a misunderstanding with. But what many people do is that there is a misunderstanding. They now transfer it to the personality. There will always be misunderstandings. But you see, you must learn to manage it. Manage the issue. Attack the issue, not the person. If you don't know that, over time, you are going to destroy the friendship you have. To grow your friendship from one level to the other, invest time. Invest time. Invest time. It was time you invested before you got married to this person. You invested time in going on dates. You invested time in communication. Keep investing that time. I won't be surprised the people that are married amongst us here if I ask, when was the last time you went on a date with your wife? Huh? Should we do it now? Should I tell all of you to stand up? I should ask your wives. <laughs> I don't want to. I know they've not been doing it, so <laughs> let me cover their secrets. You should do it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go on dates. It's no sin. You don't have to go to a place where you cannot afford. If it's Booker, you can afford. Go there together. And enjoy your sweat. Eh? <laughs> Just do things together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get a friend. You see, you can even do it with a friend, with a couple friends. No, please, what we want to do is, you will stay with our kids today. When you want to go on your own day, we'll stay with your own kids. Without the kids. Date is not with children, no. And they are now running. So, Junior, wait, 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 wait. That is not date. <laughs> and I say, ah, he's hungry. I want to feed him. That is not date. Date means without, because when you guys, before you got married, there was no interruption. Do things together. Have fun together. Go on dates. You see, hmm. praise the Lord. Go shopping together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go shopping together. Invest time. Invest. Most times, especially when it comes to, for anything my wife wears that is English and casual, I choose it. We go shopping together. I say, no, I don't know. This one. And when I want to go buy my clothes, she goes with me. Those are things that create bonds. But when it comes to our uh, native place, well, go. <laughs> that one is not my... You know, do things together. Even if you don't understand it, one day you will understand it. Just go together. Say, so, no, no, I have work. This thing, I must submit it. I have to finish this proposal. Continue. One day you will come back. May the house not be empty. To grow from one level of friendship to the other, you also need to trust that person. Friendship is built on trust. Friendship is built on trust. Don't marry someone you cannot trust. Next is vulnerability. You must learn to open up to your partner. Don't be forming strong when you are weak. And when people say, I think it's men that do this a lot. They are forming strong man. No, no. I'm a man. About of some men who have lost job. They've been out of job for three months. The wife did not know at home. And every day we still dress up, go to work. Why are you pretending? Why are you deceiving? Obviously, there is a, there is a major problem in that home. Because if something like that happens, the first person that should even hear and now be borrowing money to keep sustaining a lifestyle that's not real. I had about the situation of a guy that wanted a babe at all costs. The guy borrowed 10 million naira from dating to wedding. He had planned it. After they married, the girl discovered it was borrowed money. 
So now you are ready stock. You have to be paying the money together. Of course, the marriage ended. Communication is another thing you need to create time for. Communication. Communication. Without condemnation or shaming. Let your partner be so. And this also, you see, this for those of us that are single, this thing would even help you. These are things you look out for in anybody you want to get married to. Someone that you want to talk any little thing, just say, no, we're condemning you. See, you will have problems when you get married with communication. The fourth secret is that they have mentors. They have mentors. They have mentors. We live in a mentorless generation where people believe that I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You know one of the things God um, told the children of Israel when they were, before they crossed, um, get, got into the promised land. He said, you have not gone this way before. Let the priests, let them go ahead of you. Then you guys will follow the priests because you have not passed this way before. You have not been married before. Even if you have been married before, you have not been married to this person before. People just assume. Nobody assumes just like I said starting out. Nobody assumes to become a lawyer. Nobody assumes to become a medical doctor. People just assume marriage will work. It doesn't just work. What is the work of a mentor? A mentor will create for you a model of what is possible. And let me tell you, for most of us, it might not be our parents. That's just the truth. How many of us here, you would like to have your parents, your parents' marriage? How many of us? Can you imagine? Not even one person is raising their hand. That's so unfortunate. <laughs> may it not be said, may, if they ask our children this question, years to come, may it not be the same response. Yeah. The truth is, many of us, the marriage, the only marriage you have been exposed to is that of your parents. And you want to have a successful marriage. And you are not exposing yourself to another people's or other people's marriage. It will not work. You must find, it's not just enough for you to desire something. You must find out a model. That's one of the things that helped me. I knew my marriage, my parents' marriage could never. Ah. No, 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 no. And you see, the thing is, I'm saying it publicly, even in Gordy, because they themselves, they know. To the point that one day, you know, my mom, when we were get, uh, on, on our wedding day, my parents came late. They were stuck in traffic because my parents live in Ibadan. They didn't understand the dynamic of Lagos traffic. They said, ah, what is it? Because they already, I think they saw the venue the day before, after the wedding, because it was a two-day event. Ah, said, church, stand alone here, no problem. Ah, I said, okay. <laughs> but, you know, because, okay, I think it was my dad that delayed mom, and they were like, oh, ah, no problem, we'll get there, we'll get there. But my mom said she was so hungry. I was hungry. I was livid, you know. Well, and the church where we had the event, you know, they will not wait for you. They will just like they say ten. Ten is that they will even without the couple, they will start. They, you, you will meet them in your own wedding. They might have even joined you before you showed up. <laughs> I think we should adopt that engagement. <laughs> right. They can join you in your house. So when you come out, we have already joined you. You are married. <laughs> just come and sign and go. So when my parents came in, my mom said something that that day I was happy that thank God you yourself have realized. I could see her facial expression. But after the event, she said, you know, but when I walked in and I saw your mentors, she said, I was excited that at least your parents are there. Powerful statement. My mom said that. He said, when I got in and I saw your mentors, I said, wow, at least your parents are there. So if they had got in it, I said, where are the parents? Reverend and his wife have stood up and should have continued. So, you see, 
even if your parents don't have a successful marriage, except if they want to deceive themselves, they themselves know. And there is no good parent that wants their children to experience the pain they experience. So it is wisdom on your own part to look for people. Uh, and let me tell you this, it's not everybody's marriage that is not working. Don't be deceived. There are people with very highly successful marriages. That's why they're highly successful. Not just successful, highly successful. That's why it's very difficult for them to believe things that it's not possible for people to marry and not to be fighting. Because that's the reality you were exposed to. But there are people who don't fight. Because having a misunderstanding is different from fighting. Hmm. I, I remember, you know, why we just go for one day I was angry. First day, breakfast. I'm not eating. I didn't eat the food. It was dinner. I didn't eat it overnight. So she woke up. Ah, you marry the kind of wife I have. You will have sense. She will program you. So, you know, she just saw the food. Say, hey, you are not hungry, me. <laughs> The next time, if we are having misunderstanding now, you will still cook, you will not cook for him because when I finish, we will continue with the misunderstanding. <laughs> so, man, you are having misunderstanding, your wife could be doing it. Maybe you'll find it. You will go to the kitchen, you are not hungry. <laughs> she reprogrammed me that you think I will come and beg you. You are not hungry. And that day I was hungry, I was looking at the food. No, I will not eat. <laughs> Please get a mentor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Get a what? A mentor. Don't just assume. You see, one thing a mentorship does, especially in marriage, is that it gives you, it opens your eyes to possibilities. To possibilities. To possibilities. Hmm. But the Lord give you wisdom. And you say, mentorship works through submission. Someone cannot mentor you if you are not willing to submit to them. Submission, accountability, trust. You must believe. That's why you cannot just submit to just anybody. Not just anybody can mentor you. Because some people, you can't trust them. One of the things you need to look out for is, don't be mentored by someone that you cannot be vulnerable with. With someone that you cannot truly say, this person has my best interest at that. And let me tell you, if somebody wants the best for you, you will know. You will know. Hmm. So mentorship also submission, accountability. Why did I say accountability? Because it is what you tell your mentor, the mentor will know. They don't have, they are not psychics. So if you lie to them, they will believe your lie. Wow. We have a very wonderful marriage. In fact, I give my husband breakfast in bed. In fact, right now, we have assets of $10 million. Just saying, wow, wow. That's what they'll be saying. Keep lying. Lorira, continue. Because it's what you tell them, it's what you tell them they will counsel you on. So, going to, some people try to form for their mentors. Mentorship also works through consistent pursuits. Consistent pursuits. It is not your mentor's job to be pursuing you. You are the one looking for something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying my mentor didn't call me. That one is not a mentor. A mentor, a true mentor will be busy with their own life. You are the one that will pursue them, not the other way around. There is a level you get to after you have followed for a while. That it will now become a mutual relationship. That it would almost now become like friends, like adult friends. But it doesn't start like that. It would even take years before you graduate into that level of relationship. Number five, they plan their marriage. The fifth secret is that they plan their marriage. They plan their marriage. They plan their marriage. They plan their marriage. Hmm. Couples who don't plan together will eventually drift apart. It's only a matter of time. You make purchases without the presence that the other person's awareness. You make money the person is not aware of. 
With that group for change, the gap is widening. Just continue. It's your money, Abby. It's your money now. Keep spending it without the other person's involvement. No problem. They plan their marriage. Things you must plan together in marriage. Things that successful couples plan together. They plan the future. They plan the future. And the future is not some distant days or dates. The future is a moment you have never lived before. So five minutes from now is the future. So as a single, one of the things you do in your relationship is you plan. You plan. Before we got married, first lady and I, we planned the next three, five years. There were things we knew we were not going to buy in the next one year, even if we had the money. We had friends that were buying those things. That's fine. It's not in our own plan. We had plans of when we start traveling. When all our friends were traveling, it wasn't, it didn't bother us. Plan your future together. You see, you don't just pray for the future. You prayerfully plan for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm saying that even singles, you are the greatest beneficiary of this message. But married people, please pay attention to these things. One of the things you need to plan and project for, where will your family be in the next 5 to 10 years? Where? Don't just say, I know in the next 5 years, our family will, will be prosperous. Even you, you don't know the meaning of what you just say. You just sound spiritual. It should be a prosperous covenant family. I'm even making very religious. Even God doesn't understand what you're saying. Covenant prosperous family. Which one is that one? God is telling you, which one is that one? We are just hearing that one for the first time. Well, can you explain to me? <laughs> Where will your family be in the next five to ten years? What quality of life do you want your family to have in the next five to ten years? Some of us need to write down this question. Except you are planning to get the message and listen to it. What school do you want your children to go to in the next five to ten years? Plan for it. It's not when it's time to send children to school. And I say, hey, which school is there? Which school is there? You because you are talking about the children's future. School, especially formative years, can derail the life of a child, and it can straighten it. Don't say, ah, that's is near to our house. Mm-hmm. Send them there. You know, there are so many things people do because of proximity, and it amazes me. You know, another thing people do is say, ah, no, that church is close. I will go to a church close to my house. Why did you go to a university close to your house? People make decisions based on funny things. You don't choose a church because it's close to your house. It can even be one hour away from your house, but you know that is where your destiny is. I hear what I'm saying? So you don't send a child to a school because hey, it's close to our house. It's a child's destiny you are talking about. What kind of people will that child meet in that school? You have to think about that. They'll say, ah, it's resumption time. Well, that school, no, 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 that school. Let us take it. It looks like well, our friends, uh, your friends' children are not your children. The fact that your friends' children are going there does not mean you should send your own children there. Those things you plan it together. Hmm. How much should we have in savings in the next five to ten years? You plan it together. How much should we have in savings? Five years from now, by 2026 and by 2031, as a family, how much, what, how, what should we have in assets? It should be planned. And we just say, God will prosper and bless us. That's why a lot of Christians don't do well. Because we are not realistic. We are so esoteric. The things we say, 
It's not practical. Say, God will prosper and enlarge us. What's the enlargement in assets? What's the enlargement? Yes, it's your year of enlargement, but you, what does enlargement mean to you? In numbers. What does it mean? In measurement. What does enlargement mean? What memories will you create in the next one to ten years? These are things you plan for. What kind of children do you want to raise? Who do you want to have as couple friends? These are things you plan for. Don't just have what some people call family friends. Don't just have couple friends by default. Have couple friends by plan. Am I making sense this morning? I hope you guys are listening to these things. What environment should we be living in in the next 5 to 10 years? Even environment, you don't just live anywhere. Based on your dream and your vision, where should we be living in the next 5 to 10 years? These are things you plan as a family. And as a single, before you get married, you are in a relationship with someone, you guys should sit down and analyze these things. For instance, first lady and I, we know there are places we can never live. Never. We, talk, we spoke about these things before we got married. There are places we can... And when I'm saying, you know, with the statement I said, some people say, ah, yeah, they can't live in some place. It's, even some eyebrow places, because we know there, there are reasons for it. I just said, because everybody's going to banana every day. You don't have to. How do you get something out of this? Things you should plan for. Plan your time together. Number one, I say you plan your future. Number two, plan your life. Plan your life. Number three, plan your money. Many people don't like to hear this, but it should be said. Plan your what? Money. You must plan your, your income together. How to increase it. How to disburse it. Budgeting for couples should be corporate and not individualistic. The moment you get married, if you say, anybody you can't trust with your finances, you should not get married to that kind of person. You're making money, you're hiding money from the person. What kind of life is that? Some people, they are living in the same room. They have locks, safe in that room. They put money in one cloth. Inside that cloth, they put that cloth in another cloth. Another cloth is now in that. So inside that inner cloth, there's now a password. Where, ah, ah. <laughs> Some of us, you grew up with parents like that. Your daddy had money, your mommy did not know. Your mom had money. Ah, my kid daddy had money. Don't let your daddy know. You even know what your parents have more than they themselves they know about each other. Do you want to live that kind of life also? Plan your money together. You see, let me tell you this. And I've said this before. I think there was a video even online that trended. You see, this idea of I'm the one making the money. I'm the one making the money. It is our money. That's why you should not marry somebody who is lazy. I hear what I'm saying. The reason why some people, they can't say our money is because one of them is lazy. And if you are the lazy person, buckle up. Diligence is not a gift. It doesn't come by impartation. It comes through decision. Nobody has a gift of diligence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And let me tell you, there might be a stage where one of the spouse rights in the marriage might have to reduce their work because of the children. 
That's the sacrifice our parents made that many people in this generation don't want to make. And let me tell you, it doesn't have to be the woman. If your wife is making one million dollars per month, and you are making 10,000 naira. You don't say, because I'm the man. No, you must be the one to take care of the children. Are they doing you? They must be doing you. They say, no, I'm the man. I'm the man. I beg, stay with the children. You become the, what do they call it? House man. And take care of the children well. I hear what, see, that's why I'm telling us, you see, if you are very traditional in your thinking, you cannot have a successful marriage. What I just said now is against many people's ideology. Then what Pastor just said now we pronounce as Tofiaka. Like, like. That's why a lot of families are dying in poverty. Say, me, I'll not be spending my wife's money. It's not your wife's money, it is our money. Any money I make, huh? whether it's Naira, whether it's foreign currency, is my wife's. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have some people. You, <laughs> some people have ATM. Their wife does not know the password to the ATM. We have access to every ATM in our house. Everyone. So it's not my ATM is with you. Where's the Zenith ATM? Where's the this? Where's bank? So okay, that one. I want to use it because we are both putting something there. So if I put the most there this month, you can put the most there. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's how marriage works. All this traditional thing, I'm the man. That's why a lot of men are dying under the weight of responsibility. They should not be carrying alone. The Bible says that two shall become one. One in what? Did they super glue them together to be moving around? It simply means in everything you are one. You see, if you cannot accept that as your standard, marriage is not meant for you. It's as simple as that. The fact that the world decided this how should be done. You see, we must learn how God said it should be done and do it that way. I wanted to talk about the seven money tendencies, but I'll talk about that some other time. Number six, they have uniformity of worship. I won't be able to get to the seventh one because of time. They have uniformity of worship. I just need to mention this. They have uniformity of worship. It's not so much of a serious Christian, but I will convert him when we get married. In Leo Converter. Well done. The converter of men. Let me tell you this. You cannot change anybody. People only change when they decide to change and when God intervenes in their life. And let me tell you, you cannot force God to intervene in people's life. That's why some of your parents, your mom has still been praying for your dad for 30 years, going on mountain. Do you want to accept the same lifestyle? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts. The grace to be a doer of these things we receive in Jesus' name. I lift up every marriage under the sound of my voice and I decree and declare whatever has not been working, let it begin to work now. The wisdom to make it to work, Father, let it be made available this morning in the name of Jesus. And I decree and declare that every single will get it right. No single connected to this house will miss it in marriage. We thank you, Father, for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. All right, questions? Ah, it's plenty. What is your opinion on a Christian marrying a Muslim? Father is a Muslim, my mother. That's even the last thing I said. I meet the guy's parents, but he is a Muslim, not a fanatic, though. If he's not born again, he's not born again. There's nothing like he's not a fanatic. Uh, you see, one of the reasons, apart from one of the reasons is this. 
you will confuse your children. You are going to raise confused children. Mommy will go to church, daddy will go to mocks. You will raise children that will be atheists. Because they will be wondering, which one should be now? So, maybe the son will now follow daddy. The daughter will follow mommy. Or, you know, it will just be a mess. Let me tell you this. Anybody who is not saved is not a child of God. And anybody whose child you are, for instance, I can't stop my father now to come and visit me. Can I? No. My parents can visit me. My wife's parents can visit us. So, when you are a child of God, the God becomes your father. Anyone who is not saved, God is not their father. You know who is their father? The devil. So, the father-in-law can also come visit you. And he has a right to that home. And you can't stop him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are many Christians that will give you peace. So why go for someone who doesn't know Christ? And don't fall for the temptation of uh, I will save him. You know, now, that's missionary dating. You are not a missionary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have a bad experience, or do I say a bad perception about mentorship? I feel that it is very easy for the mentees to want to model their relationship and lifestyle after that of their mentors. What then happens when the mentor's marriage crashes, or if you find out that their marriage is in fact very unpleasant? What can you say about this? Is it okay to just observe from the couple you admire? Yes, you can observe. And that's why I said that before you... You see, mentorship occurs in stages. The mistake a lot of people make is they see something very shiny. They just jump at it. The same way a mentor has the right to choose a protege, a protege should also have enough wisdom to be selective in mentorship. It's not everybody that can mentor you. You have to first observe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you also have to prayerfully select a mentor. Because in mentorship, transference of spirit takes place. It takes place. Whether you like it or not. Right? So you have to prayerfully select. You have to prayerfully select. Right? So if you had a bad experience with mentorship, every mentor is not, is not, um, will not give you an unpleasant experience. My most revered mentor. I've been following him for 20 years. It will be 20 years in January 2022. I've no, I'm yet to have one bad experience. If I, even if it has been a bad experience, I think I'll be the one that gave him a bad experience. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, prayerfully go about it. Prayerfully go about it. Alright, how do you handle a relationship where the lady never realizes where she is wrong? So, she always expects apologies. The man has done the apology thing so frequently and has gotten tired. The entitlement thing is threatening the relationship and I'm beginning to suspend marriage plans. She might not know what is happening, I think. So make her see what is really happening. That she has a problem with apologizing. Some people just don't see it. Right? Then does she have anybody she respects? Anybody, you know, that you can talk to that can bring it to her attention? So I think you should do that. Right? So if you know it's something you cannot deal with, if it's a deal breaker for you, so, follow your heart. Sir, I've been, okay, I'm in a relationship with a lady who both love ourselves, but we have one major issue. She said because she has not heard from God about the relationship. Although I have peace in my heart to go ahead, she too has peace of mind. But the only issue is for her insisting she has not heard from God. In such situation, what should I do? It depends on your age. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> it depends on your age. So, the person that has no heart, I'm very sure this person see has a long time. Because if he's a lady and she's in her 30s, 
She will not say. God will speak to her very fast. <laughs> See, some of you, you just stay with people that are wasting your time. They are using you as a stopgap. Most times when people say this, it might be the case in this particular question, but in most cases, the person is not 100% sure. So they are waiting for someone else to come along. So when the person now comes, they now say, God did not say. They will now, so please be wise. <laughs> what do I do when the guy I... What do I do when the guy I love and would love to be in a relationship with doesn't or really isn't giving a clear signal? If he's interested or not. Don't assume for him. If he's not interested, he's not... Huh? Oh, okay. Thank you. If you cannot talk before you get married. See, God created the man to be the initiator. If you cannot initiate marriage, you will be the one driving him in marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In our home, I'm the initiator. This is what I lay down the vision. My wife has to the vision. Okay, let's do it this way. Let's, it's not my wife that tells me we should do this. A man that does not have enough vision to even open his mouth, that does not know what he wants, is a potential disaster. I think my ex still loves me. I still love her too. We are still friends. What can I do? First thing you need to find out, why didn't that relationship work? Most people, you say, after you have broken up for a while, it is very easy for you to forget the reason why the relationship did not work. Always remind yourself, why didn't it work? Why did we break up? And that is what you must keep yourself reminded of. Now, as that thing changed, then is this something that can change? There are some things that cannot change. For instance, my ex, it's not that we fought, but we realized when I discovered I'm going to be a pastor, and when we started dating, I was not a pastor. I gave her the vision of how we make mega millions. That was not the vision she had when she got into the relationship. Omolomo Oja. <laughs> she ran for her life. And I understood. So me too, I because even me too, I was not in fact. <laughs> so people you say we are Christians. We should do breakups in a different way. Sometimes it should just be conversational. So we both realize see, this thing is not gonna work. Do you understand? Some people are wired to be pastors' wife. Some people, if you marry, if you are a pastor and you marry some people, that's the end of that ministry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The, if you know some things that people have done to first lady in this church, it's enough for her to slap some people. But my wife will never do it. But if it was my ex, she would have slapped. What, what, what do you, you ah, church would have started. <laughs> Maybe she might not. But <laughs> do you understand? So you must know where you are going and know the kind of person you can marry. So if you realize you are not going, you see, the thing is, most of us just think breakup has to be fight. Since we are not dating again, we... the reason why most people cannot stay friends, and if you had sex when you were dating, please don't be friends. Because you will keep having sex. I'm 28 years old, and the person I like now is 40 years. Is age just a... Uh, what is that? A man can fall in love with anybody at any age. Uh, this... Don't let me. <laughs> That's why the other question I said it depends on the person's age. The person that's saying they've not heard from God. If you are a lady, you better go. The person that's not heard from God, you are waiting for him. Is age just a number? Or consider it a big deal? He doesn't mind and he doesn't even act 40. He's all shades of cool. Mm. And I like. <laughs> Reason is he's not married yet. 
is adding a fair share with women. They just pretend to like him for money or other stuff. And it just automatically made him stay away from women and married for over five years. So, five years. He's now 40, 35 years. So, in the last 35 years, why didn't he marry? You have to be logical. Is it that he did not see anybody? He has not dated anybody? So, it is five years. What about the people that he dated in the last 35 years before he became 40? So, if you're saying five years, it means from the age of 36 to 40. That's when he decided not to date. So, what happened from, okay, let's say 18 or 21 to 35? So, those are questions you need to ask. I just need you to address this age difference issue. Also, talk about dealing with past thoughts. Alright, so when it comes to age difference, just make sure you are not from different generations. Especially with the man thing. Because he can begin to see you as his daughter. Oh my... So, when you say something, babe, what are you talking about? And it might even be an unconscious thing. You know, ladies like it, he's ah, older than me, he's more mature. Not necessarily. People can be very old and be very stupid. That's why the Bible spoke about an old fool. So, it's not about, age is not maturity. People can be younger and be smarter. So, one of the things you need to look out for is not just age. You have to check his sense. You have to check his decision-making process. You have to check his wisdom. You have to check how does he manage finances, right? And you really need to find out why is he not married. A man at 40, you have to carry out your research. Don't just believe what he tells you. How do you undo past thoughts? We have a message on that. How to bounce back from a breakup. I think it's on the website. So please go and download it. All right. God bless you. I will answer it on YouTube. If you are not for... Huh? Huh? Oh, you have a question you want to ask? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is the mic on? <coughs> so it's not necessarily a question. It's just, there's this bullshit thing going around now that a lot of men say, hey, I'm not used to calling. I'm not used to, I'm not a chat chat person. Oh. I'm not a, so I just want you to address it. If it's not a, one of the things that he said about friendship, someone we are not talking with, you will never be friends. Right? So marry your friend. If he's not a chat person, a married, you will not be a talking person. You will be running after him to talk. That's one of the problems marriage have. They just get married, they, over time they become daddy and under six months. The money might even be there, you might be comfortable, but you are not marrying money. You see, I think most times the people that make marital decisions based on money are people from, and I'm not saying this in an insultive, I'm not from a mega rich home, but I think the people that make marital decisions based on money are people from very poor backgrounds. Because they don't have an idea. They think money can solve every problem. It is after you get married to somebody that has money, that does not have your time, you realize that there is a place of money. There is a place of friendship. In fact, if you have to choose one, choose friendship and choose the person that does not have money. Because through friendship, you can build wealth together. So, if he's not a chatting person, you will have a crisis of communication in marriage. Right? So... Honestly, I hope that I'll be able to answer this, but I have a YouTube channel. Every week I answer questions on relationships on YouTube. I can tell us some more on YouTube. So please follow the YouTube channel. God bless you.